0: All right, didn't even know where I was looking. <laughs> Good morning. I'm your guest speaker this morning, Pastor Damian Tibbs. I've been gone so much. He said, where is he at? But I do thank you for your patience and for you allowing me. Well, I guess I didn't ask, but for allowing God to send me where he wants me to go and deliver the word that he once preached uh, in this city, uh, in this country, and uh, whatever nation he may send me to uh, as well. So we have been learning. And hello to our visitors. All of our visitors, God bless you. So good to see you all. Thank you for coming this morning. It's time to eat. I try not to mention food too much because that's my biggest competition when I preach is your hunger and mine. But I pray that God will shift our hunger to a spiritual hunger right now so that we might eat his word and be filled and satisfied. So we are in a series called The Spiritual Life. And the reason that God has put us into this series is because we're too carnal. Many times we are too much like Adam and not enough like Jesus. When we are like Adam, we desire the things of this world and the power of sin and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is alive in us, and we have, even if a desire to pray came along, it will be quickly put out because of our Adam nature being too strong. Even if the desire to read the Word would flare up for a moment, it will be quickly doused because our sinful nature is stronger than our spiritual nature. And that's a very, very dangerous state. For your natural and sinful nature, which should be crucified with Christ, to be activated again because of the carnal mind. Can you say carnal mind? Carnal mind is your sinful mind. So although you are saved, and although you have a new, uh, you are a new creation in Christ, you still have access to your sinful mind. You know how I know that? Because you can be a Christian and still sin. Because the Bible says that if any of us say that we are without sin, we are liars. So what we have to do is begin to work out our own salvation. So just like some of us go to the gym and work out, we need to work out our spiritual selves. And the way you get stronger spiritually is through prayer, is through reading the word, is through fasting, is through fellowship. And all of those things, your carnal side, your old man hates. So we've got to strengthen our spiritual selves and be more spiritual if we want to be like Christ and if we want to see God's face in peace. Amen? Amen. Father, I just pray right now for Kaya in Jesus' name. I pray right now, God, that you would just allow your peace to flow over her. I pray healing over her mind, healing over her body right now in Jesus' name. May the peace of God envelop her wholly. I thank you, God, that nothing is missing and nothing is lacking with her now in Jesus' name. May the sweetness of your spirit envelop her right now. We take authority over every work of the enemy sent to steal, to kill, and destroy. Lord, I thank you that your life is fully alive in her now. You love her so dearly. We love her so dearly. And, God, she is healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so, the spiritual life. Our message is entitled, The Spiritual Life, Our United State in Christ. What I hope, what I know that God will do this morning in this message is allow us to see this. The cross of Jesus Christ destroyed our sinful nature to give his spirit a new home within us. Now, through our unity with Christ... We have been empowered to please and serve our Father for his glory. So what is then the spiritual life? Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, and we'll be looking at verses 16 through 26. The spiritual life is opposite of the carnal or the sinful life. None of us have to be taught how to sin, but we do need to be taught how to live the spiritual life and what it is. God's best comes to us through his spirit. I said it yesterday in a, in a video I made that all of the best things that ever happened to me in my life happened to me after Jesus Christ. You see, first you need the best thing, then things get better. See, some of us want a better job, a better car, a better house. Don't say better spouse, but a spouse at all, all right? We want to be married. We want all these better things in life, but you have to get the best thing first. The best thing that you can ever have is Jesus Christ. So it starts with the best. Then it gets better. So when you're outside of Christ, there's no use looking for better things until you find the best thing, which is Jesus Christ. So what then is the spiritual life? Verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Say this with me. I must must. let the Holy Spirit Spirit. guide guide my life. That's what spiritual life is. When you guide your life, that's a sinful life. But when the Holy Spirit guides your life, that's the spiritual life. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, so this is the Adam side of us. This is who we were before Christ. This is what our life is full of and consists of. It says the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, Outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and all sins like these. That sounds like my early 20s right there. All of that. Just all of it. Let me tell you again. I have before, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So why am I begging you to live a spiritual life? Because if you don't, then you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You must be born again. You must be filled with his spirit so that you can be led by his spirit. So why are you leading me by your spirit, God? Anybody that's being led somewhere is going somewhere. When you type in something in your map for the map to take you somewhere, you're being led somewhere. So the reason that we need to be led by the Spirit of God is so that we can go on to live with God for all of eternity. Let me make a special announcement this morning. Heaven is real and hell is real as well. And God does not send anyone to hell. If you do not get born again, your sinful nature will take you there. But when you are born again, you receive a new spirit inside of you, the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And we will end up with God forever. Verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So without the Holy Spirit, we don't have any of these things going for us. Listen, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified him there. So that's what happened to the old you. That, That is what has happened to our old nature. It should no longer have any power or control over us because once we have decided to follow Jesus Christ we do away with the old self and we nail it to the same cross that Jesus Christ was nailed to by faith verse 25 since we are living by the Spirit that's what I'm that's what I'm preaching that's what I'm teaching that's what my desire is and that's what I desire for you that we might be able to live by the Spirit Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. We must be led by the Spirit in all things. I need to be led by the Spirit in my house. Because sometimes I get a little upset and a little angry, a little frustrated, a little impatient. And if I let myself rule, I tell you, my wife will have a terrible husband and my children will have a terrible father because apart from Christ I am nothing apart from Christ I am sinful so it doesn't matter how much money I make it doesn't matter if I can buy them new clothes buy them new toys put a roof over their head none of that stuff really matters unless I am living for Christ and led by his spirit you see to be spiritual is this and the, and the Lord spoke this to me in his office so if I have the same spirit that Jesus Christ has then Jesus Christ has a new life in me so the way that I should conduct my life is this way and you as well that whatever Jesus Christ will be doing in this body is what I am to do I'll say it again to be a Christian to be born again to have the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ living on the inside of you means this that whatever Jesus would be doing if he was living in your body right now is how you should conduct yourself isn't that powerful well we need some help because Jesus has competition if we don't crucify this flesh and be done with our old selves to be a Christian is to say Lord I fully submit my life to you and I allow you now to live in my body your Christianity look like that we are in desperate need of help because our Christianity does not always look like that our Christianity does not look as if we were dead and gone and now Jesus Christ lives in this body but Jesus Christ is the standard and the Holy Spirit is his helper amen so just as it is impossible for us to obey God's commandments with a sinful nature intact It is also impossible for us to obey the the command to be led by his spirit without his Holy Spirit in us. So we desperately need the Holy Spirit. Will you confess this with me? Will you say this with me? I I desperately desperately need need the Holy Spirit Spirit in my life. life. Lord, Lord, fill fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're none of his. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you see, you can only have one driver. And if my sinful nature is driving, then it's leading me away from God and towards death and destruction. But if I have the Holy Spirit on board, then he is leading me towards righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the only time I sin, and I still sin, and so do you, so don't look at me funny. The only time I sin is when I kick the Holy Spirit out of the driver's seat and I start driving again. When my mind and my will and my emotions are in charge again, that's when I get in trouble and that's when you get in trouble as well. Let's go to Romans chapter 7. We're going to talk about the power of sin. Paul said this in verse 21. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, and this is the condition of every single one of us, okay, all of us. When I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. How many can say that sometimes? You know the right thing to do, but there are times that you still choose to do the wrong thing. What is that? What is that all about? Let's listen. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power. Church, can you say another power? power. There is another power within me that is at war with my mind. You see, once you've been born again, you get a new mind. You get the mind of Jesus Christ. But yet there is still a war going on in the inside that all these things that we know now. See, See, we got in trouble when they ate from the tree of the wisdom of the knowledge of good and evil. All right. So we know the good thing to do, but yet our sinful nature, if not in check, will always choose the wrong or the bad thing to do. So let's see what he says here. There is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power, talking about sin, makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? what's the answer thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord so you see how it is in my mind I really want to obey God's laws but because of my sinful nature I am a slave to sin so that means this that anyone without Christ and anyone without the Holy Spirit is a slave to sin I don't care how much money they make, how well put together they look, how well they can control their sin in front of you, they are still slaves to sin without the power of God living on the inside of them and destroying that sin nature so that Christ has a home now. See, all of us, all a sinner is is a person in which sin lives inside and it's only sin that resides there. See, you're not sinners if you've been born again because the spirit of Christ lives in you and brings his righteousness. So you're not sinners anymore. You just happen to be saints that occasionally sin because you tap into that old sinful mind and go after what you want instead of what God wants. That's sin in a nutshell. Doing what you want and not what God requires. So we used to be slaves of doing what we want, even when we knew what God requires. See, that's the wisdom that we were given as we were partakers of the knowledge, the tree that gave us the knowledge of the difference between the good and evil. Let's continue. So we need to see where sin's power exits and where Christ's power enters. Let's go to Romans chapter eight, verses 11 through 17. It says this, and this is all truth. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that as I read this truth to your people, that it would stir them and wake them up. God, I pray that this anybody in this place that is not saved and does not know you as their Savior God, that this truth, God, would be able to register in their spirits and save them from damnation. I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that the hold of Satan be broken, that the lies that he's told them, God, be removed, and that the blinders that the God of this earth has put on them so that they might not see salvation be removed in Jesus' name. Amen. It says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. So the same spirit that lived in Jesus Christ also lives in us If we've been born again, and if you don't believe that, then you're going to be trapped in works. You'll be trapped in trying to achieve righteousness through good deeds when righteousness has been given to you already as a gift. So if you want to be just as righteous as Jesus Christ himself, all you have to do is use your faith. You have to say, Lord, I believe that you have saved me and you have filled me with your righteousness and you have broke the power of sin in my life. Everybody that's been born again and is a Christian, you do not have to sin ever again. You might choose to sin, but you never have to sin again again because the power of God lives in you and the only way that you're going to overcome the sin in your life is to know this truth that I'm preaching to you this morning verse 12 therefore dear brothers and sisters you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do so when everything inside of your bones and everything inside of your soul is saying sin, 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 sin When you've been born again, you don't have to. You can raise up in Christ Jesus and know that the one that lived on this earth and never committed one sin lives in you as well. You do not have to sin, but you will choose to. I'll say it again. None of you, none of us have to sin. If we've been born again, then the spirit of God and righteousness lives only inside of us. But we have to accept that righteousness and keep it as our standard. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, so this is how we do it, church. This is how you keep from sinning after you've been made a saint. It's not through your willpower. Your willpower is terrible. Your willpower is no good. Your willpower will have you eating cookies at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, that was me. That wasn't you. I'm sorry. Your willpower is garbage. Because the word of God says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. If willpower could have saved us, then God would not have needed to crucify his son for us. Willpower doesn't save you. It's God's power. So when you receive salvation, you receive God's power on board and the power of sin is broken. So then, why can't we stop this sinning? Why are there these strongholds in our lives? It's because you have not tapped into the power. Church, say power. power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that breaks the chains and bondages that the enemy places on us. He wants to yank us back into towards hell. He wants to keep us in bondage. But there is a power. You see, Jesus lived a sinless life because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was the Son of God. Once you are born again, you become the sons and daughters of God, and his Spirit takes residence in you. So then how do we break this power? You see, it says it right here. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death, The deeds of your sinful natures, you will live. So the way that we overcome sinful desires is to stop. Can you say stop? Stop. You got to, we have no problem telling other people no. Have no problem telling the kids no. But we have a problem telling ourselves no. So you've got to tell that old you that wants to rise up inside and rise and, and go after sin that it has to stop. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we put to death those deeds through God's power. Why? Verse 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Verse 15, listen to this. Listen to what you have inside of you. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him abba father so why is it that some people in this world love sin more than they love righteousness because their father is the devil and jesus said that directly when he lived on this earth he said you obey your father the devil he was a liar and a murderer from the beginning so until we get a new father until we experience the new birth until we are born again we cannot be led by the spirit of god because we are not yet the children of god let's continue verse 17 and since we are his children we are his heirs in fact together with christ we are heirs of god's glory but if we are to share his glory we must also share his suffering it is better to suffer. It is better to suffer and to crucify the things that you want than it is to be lost forever. So we must now then lay down our sinful lives so that we might have fellowship with Christ. You see, with a cross, he took our death. So with a, it's with a cross that we take up his life and carry it on. We follow Christ so that he may live in us through A shared crucifixion. Let's go to Luke nine verses twenty three through twenty four. Elder Eric, if you can put the air on below freezing, if you could put it on deep freeze, I want to see it snow in here. All right. Thank you. All right. Now you can watch me. He's got an assignment, but now you you have to listen. All right. Luke 9, 23 through 24 tells us how to lay down our sinful lives so that we might have fellowship with Christ. Verse 9 and 23 of Luke. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So we have this sinful nature that has to, it has to have something done with it. It has to be removed. And Jesus says, uh, if you don't want to follow the way that seems right anymore, if you want to be made free from your ideas and your mind that will only lead you to sin and death, If you want the ability to follow me, if you want to go where I'm going and be where I'm going to be for eternity, I need you to do something for me. Pick up your cross, deny yourself daily, and follow me. So what happens if we refuse to do that? Matthew 10, 38 through 39 tells us this. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. So in order to live the spiritual life, the first thing we must do is say, I'm done with the old life. I'm done with the sinful life. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, okay, if you want eternal life, if you want to follow me, you see, our problem is that The competition to the eternal life is this physical, natural life we're living right now. And if you get more pleasure from this life that we're living right now, this temporary life, you won't pick up your cross and deny yourself because your friends are having too much fun over there. Or you want everything that the world has to offer right now. But listen, even if you gain everything the world has to offer right now, what would it be all worth if you lose your soul. Your soul is your most valuable possession and if you want to keep it you must give it up to Jesus Christ so that he might live in you. So we must learn how to then fight the good fight of faith. There will be times where we don't feel like we're united with Christ or we don't feel like the power of sin is dead but we must remember that faith is not a feeling It's a fact, and it's a fight. I'll say it again. All these things that I'm saying to you this morning are true. God desires to deliver us from our sinful nature so that we can live the spiritual life, but sometimes you won't feel spiritual. Sometimes you won't feel one with Christ. Sometimes you won't feel like the sin that's rising up with you can ever be overcome. But the truth is this, that faith is not a feeling, it's a fact. How many of you believe that God's word is true? So if I'm reading to you God's word, we know that it's a fact, it's not a feeling. So even though you might not feel like it's, like it's living in you, even though you might not feel like the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you, it's not a feeling. Say this with me. It's not. A feeling. A feeling faith is not a feeling it's a fact and it's a fight sometimes you've got to fight for the facts to come alive so that faith might be your portion because if you live by your feelings what is happening is that that old sinful nature says I gotta feel it I got to see it. I got to sense it to walk in it and believe it. But the word of God says that we must live by faith because that is where our justification comes from. Let's go to first Timothy chapter six, verses six through 12. And listen to what it says. Yet true godliness and contentment is itself great wealth. After all, We brought nothing with us when we came into this world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, craving money, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, and you here listening today, men and women of God, run from all these evil things. Here's what we're to do with this new spiritual life that we have. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, love perseverance and gentleness fight the good fight for the true faith hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you which you have declared so well before many witnesses we've got to fight the good fight of faith the thing that we don't realize and I hope that God will make it clear to us today is that at the end of time we're all going to be separated Not black from white, not rich from poor, not Ohio from Michigan, which is a good thing. But sheep from goats. Followers of Jesus Christ from the deniers of Jesus Christ. The saved from the unsaved. The righteous from the unrighteous. And just the fact that we are in this building does not mean we are sheep. Just the fact that we are sitting in these seats don't mean that we will be saved. So you've got, to ask your question. you've got to ask yourself a question. Do I love this world and all it has more than the one to come? Do I love this world and all it has and do I want to pursue it more than I want to pursue Christ? And you have to ask yourself a question and you've got to ask God a question too. And you've got to really hear this from God. And the question that you need to ask God is this. God, am I saved? If I died today, would I be totally and forever separated from you or would I be with you forever? Just meditate on that for a moment. If this is your last moment, if when I close this sermon and say amen, if all of our lights go out, And God calls us all home right now. How many of you are actually saved? How many of you are actually born again? How many of you are actually one with Christ right now? And if you are not, why not? What is it in this world that you want more than Jesus? Father, I pray right now that everyone in this room and under the sound of my voice would do some soul searching right now, God. To say, Lord, are we one? Lord, do you even know me? Because we read in the Bible where it says that many came before him saying all the things that they had done for him. And he said, get away from me, you unrighteous people. I never knew you. Lord, there are teenagers in this room right now there are young people that think they have their whole lives in front of them and the greatest trick of the enemy is to make them think they've got a long time to change father I pray right now in the name of Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would grab a hold of the young people in this room right now and you'll begin to shake them loose God from the lies and open up their eyes to the truth show them that eternity is longer even than if they were to live to seventy Eternity is longer. God, would you save our teenagers in this room? Would you drastically and radically fill them with your Holy Spirit? Would you set their lives on fire, God? Would you get their attention in such a way that no preacher can? God, when I look at them, I wonder. I wonder if the words that I am speaking are registering in their minds or if they're just waiting so they can leave and go and do what they want to do. Because, God, that was all of us at one age. But we don't know where the end is. And they don't know where their end is. So, God, would you save these teenagers by delivering them from lies and opening up their eyes to truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, in Ephesians chapter 1. There is a prayer for spiritual wisdom that Paul prays. And it says this, Ephesians 1 verse 15. Ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus, so we're supposed to have that as as the body of Christ. You're supposed to have a strong faith, not a weak faith, not a wavering faith, not a lukewarm faith, but a strong faith in the Lord Jesus. And we should also have a love for God's people everywhere. So does that exist in you right now? If you're in the body of Christ right now, you should have both a strong faith in the Lord Jesus and you should have a love for God's people everywhere. Verse 16, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, To give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Say this with me, church. Lord, help me grow grow. in in my knowledge of God. Verse 18. I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness. So we're getting somewhere right now because this message is all about power. It's about you coming to an understanding that the spirit of Jesus Christ lives within you and you have power. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is what kind of power is it? This is the same mighty power, hallelujah, that raised Christ from the dead. And seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So this same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. That's how I know that we are overcomers of every sin and we can be pulled up and out of every situation. Because he gave us of his same spirit They crucified Jesus Christ. He was dead for our trespasses and sin. So that means that the sin that lives inside of us no longer has any power because this spirit enabled Jesus Christ to be raised from the dead and now seated at the right hand of God. We've got that same power, but it must come alive by faith. It will not work for those of you who still want to sin. That's the difference. When you want to sin, there is no war. When you want to sin, there is no conflict. When you want to sin, there is no desire, there's no need for faith to kick in. I'm talking to those brothers and sisters in Christ in this room and online who are tired of being led by their carnal selves and desire the spiritual life to come fully alive in them. And we've got access through what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us to have power that raises us up out of every situation. So you can't tell me that you couldn't help but tell that person off because you've got the Spirit of Jesus Christ living in you that raises you out of dead works and raises you out of sin so you can't tell me that you had to just go to that website because you've got the power of Jesus Christ living in you you can't tell me that you wanted to pray and you wanted to read your Bible but you just couldn't do it because you've got the spirit of Jesus Christ living on the inside of you and he is activated by faith So you've got to pause your fear and say, get fear, get behind me, Satan, get behind me, sin, get behind me, and may the power of God, you can pray this prayer, may the power of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead also quicken me right now and raise me out of this temptation, raise me out of this anger, raise me out of this lust, raise me out of these desires that should not be alive in me anymore. The same power. Verse 21. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader of anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has also put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. Say this with me. I am. his body body. it is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Let's go to Ephesians. We're going to move fast. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. But God is so rich in mercy and loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When did that happen? When he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, And seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Why? Because we are united with Christ Jesus. Say this with me. I am united in spirit spirit with Jesus Christ. Christ. He is the head head. and I am his body body. In in Jesus name. So if Jesus doesn't sin and he is our head, and we are his body, what has to happen for you to sin is for you to disconnect yourself from Him, his head and put your head back on. Do you hear what I'm saying? He is the head, and he is without sin and holy and righteous, and we are his body. And the only time we sin, we remove him as the head, put our head back on, and begin to do what we want to do. Is this Bible, is this scripture that I'm telling you? Yes. For the Bible says, those who are carnally minded, that means the old mind, that means the sinful mind. For those who are carnally minded, we end up in death. But those who are spiritually minded, they end up in life and peace. Let's stand to our feet. So much more, but... We've reached the limit. So much more. Thank you, Jesus. There's so much more. Not not just so much more to the sermon, but just so much more for us to discern by the Holy Spirit. What God needs from us most is us. All of us. Not all of us as in an entire body of Christ. I'm talking about what he needs most is both sin and Christ. And he says that we must choose one master. Because whoever is your master, you're a slave to. And it is better to be a slave to righteousness and reap life than be a slave to sin and receive death. A decision must be made in this place. You don't know how blessed you are to still be alive. You don't know how blessed you are for you not to be in eternity yet. Especially if you're confused. Especially if you still got two masters, especially if you're not loving God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. God's grace is so sufficient for us. He is so patient with us. But what we don't understand is that all of us are walking across a tightrope called life right now, and all around us is eternity we can't even fathom how long eternity is we also can't fathom how long and how hellacious eternity will be without jesus stop thinking about just today stop thinking about the future that you want for yourself because there is a way that seems right to a man But the end is death and destruction. You've got a choice today. Whether or not you will live the spiritual life and see the face of God in peace or keep living life as you are, keep walking away from God and end up without him. The Bible says that God himself That while Jesus Christ was on this earth, that God was in Jesus reconciling the world back to himself. Jesus Christ was living the spiritual life, a life that pleased his Father. And the news that I have for you today is that you've got the opportunity to be living on this earth, to be seated with Christ in heaven and for him to be seated in you right now so that you might be led by the Holy Spirit through all all of the lies that are going on in this world right now, all of the death happening in this world right now, all of the destruction and the terror that's coming upon this world. If you have the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to navigate through all of that and still see Jesus. Bow your heads for me, Father. I've given them what would fit. And my prayer for them today is this. Hell was not created for anybody in this room. Hell is a place reserved for those who tried to overthrow heaven. But since man has fallen and just like the devil got a third of heaven to follow him, even a greater percentage follow him on earth. But there are a few of us that will be saved. There are a few of us that will find life. Father, in the name of Jesus, can can, can you please do me a favor? Everybody in the building, put your hand on your heart, please, please. Thank you, Jesus. Father, out of all the places that you could have chosen to live on this earth, There's mountain ranges that are grand. There's waterfalls that are captivating. Why on earth would you choose to live in us? Lord, the hearts that are being touched in this room right now, if you don't live in them fully, God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that freedom will begin to ring within their hearts, God freedom from sin that leads to death freedom from the power of sin, freedom from the way that seems right that only leads to destruction Lord would you make these hearts a home you desire a place to live on this earth because there is a great work to do Lord Jesus Would you create in each of these people a clean heart? And would you renew the right spirit within them, Lord? Satan, the Lord rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. You can't live in these hearts anymore. Lord, would you remove lust from these hearts and the love of money from these hearts, God? Would you remove hatred from these hearts, God? And would you allow your love to flow? Would you wash us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ? God, the power of sin is strong, but your power is stronger. Lord, I pray for the young girls in this place that are so desperate for love that they would give their hearts to foolish men. Father, I pray for the hearts of men in this place that are so desperate for love that they would give their hearts to foolish women. And God, deliver us from giving our hearts to foolish things. These hearts belong to you because they were purchased. Anybody who buys a house wants to live in that house. So, God, as we touch these hearts, they are houses that you bought. And you want to live here, God. So, Lord, we present ourselves as a living sacrifice to you right now. And, find, and pray that you would find us acceptable, Lord, which is our reasonable service. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.